Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to Girl on Fire podcast on the Believe Network, New York's number one podcast network for personal growth. This is your host, Kirsten Franklin. And on this week, our next guest is one of my trusted advisors and personal coach. She's a clinical hypnotherapist who also trained with Tony Robbins, has studied NLP and shamanic healing, and is currently a PGI consultant for Bob Proctor. While she happens to have a focus on women's health and overcoming fibromyalgia and other chronic pain, I can attest to her ability to help anyone overcome any challenge, physical or otherwise. Please welcome Brooke O'Connor. Brooke, it's so great to have you here today. Well, thank you for having me, Kirsten. I'm really excited to be here. I love it. I love it. Now, while I know that you can speak on a wide range of topics, I actually brought you on here today specifically to discuss kind of women and this idea of mentorship and coaching because you and I had been talking and I was really curious as to why when it comes to the CEO executive sort of corporate structure, I'm pretty much 99.5% all male. And then when it comes to the world of entrepreneurship and small business ownership, while there are a lot of women that speak to me, it's still 97% male that hire me. And, you know, you being a trusted advisor of mine, I wanted to kind of bring you on and, and sort of talk about this topic. I mean, am I like the only person finding this or is this something that you've heard from others? Oh, no, this is across the board, something that is happening with women. And it it really goes back to how we see ourselves and the reason why women don't ask for help. Oh, that's interesting. A lot of the times, you know, Um, we somewhere around the 60s, we got out of those traditional roles, you know, when women's lib came and and, um, you know, the feminism movement started happening. We moved out of those traditional roles. And traditionally, we were the helper. Right. Like if someone needed help, they came to us. Right. Right. So child falls down, they come to you. A husband needs support, they come to you. The neighbor needs help, they come to you. So it's just kind of ingrained in us that we're the helpers. But then in the 60s, which was only 60 years ago, things changed. So now we're not the traditional homemaker. We don't have all that time. We're not in one place. In fact, Um, feminism for all the good that it's done for women, it's also put a lot more on our plate. Yeah. And so now, now instead of being like an, like an exploded version of ourselves, we're, we're kind of fractionated everywhere. We got to have a business. We got to have a career. We got to have a perfect family. We've got to be able to put that on Pinterest and then, you know, some kind of side hustle on Etsy. And then, you know, then you're complete as long as you can, you know, post it all on Instagram and be perfect. Um, yeah, we didn't have that before. And there's still that belief system that we should be the helper. We're supposed to be helping, but the reality is we're taking on too many roles. Yeah. I mean, I find that I, that's, that's so it for me, like right there is just that it's, it's the one not a rule. It's the one being that's supposed to be all things to all people, all these full-time jobs, right? Being a homemaker is a full-time job. Absolutely. Right. And the courts have finally caught up to this where we price it out in in divorce settlements, Mm -hmm, right? Like mm -hmm. if you had paid a live-in nanny, how much would that have been? Yes. If you had paid for laundry service, how much would that have been? If you had paid for all of this stuff, 
how much would the, okay, now you're finally, that's your paycheck in a divorce settlement and then some, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and so it's interesting, but we as women are supposed, well, you know, and I understand like World War II and all of these things and where we started to first step out and stuff like that. And then we kind of step back in, but we're doing multiple full-time jobs, getting paid for one of them. Maybe. And yet we're supposed to be this like ace at all of these things, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And the family has changed a lot since the 60s too. We don't have the extended family living at home or right. living close by. We used to have grandmothers and mothers and aunts and sisters and, and all of that that would support us and give us help. Right. And there was no shame in asking those people for help because that's family, right? Family helps family. But we don't have that anymore. Yeah. And, we, and now um, most families are not the basic nuclear family with a male right. and a female <laughs> and children. Yeah, exactly. Right. And the children generally still go to live with the mother. Yes. So, so now she doesn't even have the help or someone to ask for help with a partner. But don't, because, don't you think, and I I'm, and I'm, don't mean to cut you off there, but, but don't you think that there's, I find that. And it has to be systemic. It has to be societal. It has to be upbringing. It has to be culture. It has to be human, right? But for some reason, I feel as though, and I could be wrong, that a woman feels as though if they ask for help, it's somehow negative. But when a man asks for help, and especially in the family situation, oh, I need help with my kids. Oh, of yes. course he does. But you know, a woman's, I need help. Says, oh my God, like, are you okay? Right. right. It's just like, all right. right, what's the big deal? <laughs> Well, because traditionally we're the helpers, right. Right. right? It would be like, you wouldn't ask, a fireman wouldn't ask you to come over and put the fire out in his house. Right. Ooh, good, good analogy. Okay. So we're supposed to be the helpers. And somehow along the line, we got into this belief system that we're supposed to do everything and be everything to everyone. And, you know, the problem with that, and like you said, you know, men don't have this problem because men traditionally have always asked for help. Yeah. I mean, all you have to do is look, look when a man gets sick, mm -hmm. right? If a man gets a cold or doesn't feel well or sprains his ankle or anything like that, the world stops and whatever he needs, he gets right. because he asks for it. Whereas a woman, it's like, just power through, just keep going, yeah, just push on, it, just, right? you know struggle on and and we almost wear a badge of honor when we're doing that and we're not doing ourselves any favor right, right right by doing that because what we've done is we've taken we've taken a whole group collective response of a responsibility put it on ourselves and now we don't have the opportunity to ask anybody because that would be failing right somehow right, right? and so what happens is We've created a society, an entire generation, really, of long-term stress being normal. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right? So so stress is normal for everyone. Well, how many people, Kirsten, when you talk to them, oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm busy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's so much going on. But I think that's like, like, almost like, I think that's like a habit societal kind of thing. It's like, oh, if you're busy, then you must be productive you must be important you must be doing something uh -huh. right like I think you know and because uh -huh. sometimes like I hear people say I'm like no you're not we just sat here for an hour talking like what are you talking about like, uh -huh. <laughs> like uh -huh. maybe we have a different uh -huh. definition of busy but <laughs> yeah well go back again go back again just 60 years ago mm -hmm. right we did not have 
all of the appliances and the vehicles and the, all the things that make our life so much easier now, we didn't have that back then. Like go back to, it's not that long ago. So I'm 52 years old, 60 years ago meant that my mother was like a child, (laughs) Right. right? So her mother didn't have a refrigerator, had to do shopping every day, didn't have a washing machine that was like, you know, electric and you just threw things in and threw in the little pod and you're done. Like all those things had to be done all the time. Yeah. And so I think what's happened is that as time has gone on and we've had less and less need for that, that menial work, we've had to come up with other things to make ourselves important, useful, right. to validate what we're doing. So now we have to have, you know, and hey, don't get me wrong. I love plumbing in my house. (laughs) I love all my appliances. Like I would never, ever go back. would never want to go back. But what we've done is we create other things for ourselves to be busy with because we don't know how to just be. Yeah, I was going to say, be still, right? That's one of the hardest things for people to to start to do. That's something I I go through with a lot of my executives is, especially if they're transitioning, it's the second they have five minutes, their automatic habit is to fill it, even if it's like solitaire on their phone. Yes. Right. Like, and, and yeah. you know it, like, don't like anybody listening. Don't tell me there yes. hasn't been a moment. It's like, yeah. what are you going to eat for dinner? Oh, it's like, what do you feel like doing right now? Well, I don't actually feel like watching a movie. I don't feel like reading a book. I don't feel like doing like work or hanging out with the kids. I don't feel like any of it. And uh-huh. you just can't be still you can't just be in that moment you can't feel yourself anymore yeah that's 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 right and we have we have these cell phones we have computers we've got you know netflix we've got an abundance of food and availability of anything that there could possibly be to distract us from being in the moment or or maybe taking that next step to do and be what we really want to be right and it's much easier to be distracted yeah. It's much e- easier to wear that busy button and say, well, I don't have time. How could yeah. I possibly get a coach? How could I possibly get a mentor when I already don't have enough time? Well, yeah. And let's talk about that because, you know, I do see a change in openness in women to explore coaching or mentorship even, you know, and mentorship is uh-huh. not always everybody's fault. If you have a generation before that's not, you know, seeing the value in helping others come up. That's one thing. If they feel like they can't spend that time because that time would mean that they're on their way out of another position because they did something Mm -hmm. right. Like I understand that as well, but I find, and again, limited to my perspective, I don't go on sales calls for other coaches. I have no idea what happened, but if I were to get, if I were to have 10 men on a call, 10 women on a call, exact same situations, exact same financial capability, exact same issues, exact same belief that I can help them solve their issue. Uh All 10 men will buy. Maybe, maybe I'd have to talk a woman into it. What is that about? Well, I think it's about allowing yourself again to ask for help because it really is help. It's admitting that I don't know something. Right. And I'm willing to put resources into asking Mm and getting new information so that I can be better. Like we're supposed to just magically be that way. We're supposed to magically be perfect in every kind of way, you know, and, and it's just, it's habit. Well, is there also, is there also like an aspect of it? Because I was just like wondering, I have no idea, 
you know me, I throw money at everything, <laughs> but, but, you know, is it also like, <clears throat> would a woman for some reason be less willing to, first of all, one realize the idea of investing in yourself, forget about the asking for help. Like, yes. like, I feel like men, yes. not, not, not all men, right. But men as a whole, especially at the executive level feel like, okay, this is worth me investing in this because I want to get here. Whereas a woman might not come from that perspective, but then also kind of like, I feel like a woman's going to run down the list of the financial responsibilities first. And even if there's extra, they're going to go into the future. Oh, but I might want to update a car or I might want to do this. And so maybe not right now. Right. Whereas I, I feel like men would be like, no, 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 I'll just go do that. And if I feel like updating the car later, I'll figure it out. Like, is, is, is that true? Or am I just like, imagineering shit. <laughs> no, it's true. And it, it comes down to, it comes down to this word that we, we call selfishness. As women, when we hear the word selfishness, we're like, oh no, I can't do that. That's, you know, that feels mm. terrible to us, but men don't have the same concept of selfishness. And so when they see it as an investment in themselves, they're looking at at it as, well, this is going to add to our, my future. This is going to add to my life. This is going to add to my business. It's going to add to my family. So obviously why wouldn't right. I do it? Whereas a woman, because again, of the same beliefs that we should be able to do it all, we look at it as, well, if I spend money, then I'm taking away from someone mm. else or something else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I have to take it from here. That's going to make this smaller to try and make myself bigger over here. And I should have already been knowing how to do that. So it's kind of selfish and it's kind of self-centered. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that. And I don't want to feel that way. It's a terrible feeling. Right. But that's also right? a limited mindset and too, thinking that there is limited resources is. that it's not just going to keep flowing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But men have just been raised to understand that when you add value, that's going to bring more value. And as women, we have to, we have to learn from them. You know, we, we, we like to joke and we like to make fun of them and everything, but there's some important things that we need to learn from men. And that is one of them is that taking time for yourself, downtime, asking for help, being willing to invest in ourselves, being willing to not, and then not just invest in ourselves, but follow through with the things that we're that we've just invested in rather than getting busy, busy, busy right. doing all these other things right. that aren't important, you know? And um, yeah. And, and what I see in my work is that because women are not doing this, we see more and more chronic illnesses. We see more and more autoimmune disease, more and more fibromyalgia, more and more mystery diseases, what they're calling mystery diseases. They yeah. can't label them. They have no idea where they're coming from. And so what's happening? People are being thrown yeah. antidepressants, anti-anxiety medicine. Here, you probably just need to sleep more. Well, no, actually, probably I need to be able to sort my day out better so that I feel satisfied at the end of the day and then I can go to sleep, yeah, yeah. right? So then you get on that pill cycle and the pill cycle, very good for many people. I'm not against pills. They, they have the place, but they're not the end all right. be all for every solution for like everything that, that, that every right. problem that's out there. So the first step is always going to be when you come up against a problem to ask for help. 
But yeah, and I mean, like, if, if you notice, women don't always go to the doctor. Well, men don't typically either, but but people don't typically just do that right away. And if it's something like in, like, say, the onset of fibromyalgia, right, where it just maybe it's not like a massive onset, but it's like a smaller kind of little thing, you tend to ignore it. Like it's just going to go away or something versus really understand a, is there a physiological thing going on or is there a mental thing going on, a mental emotional thing, or is there both? Right. That's Uh interesting. uh Well, what we know now with science is that it all starts in the mind and that over 90% of, of diseases and illnesses actually start in the mind. In fact, even a basic thing like a cold, It's not that the cold is the thing that gets you. It's your immune system not being able to fight that because we come across thousands and thousands of bacteria and viruses every single day and we don't die. So the reason why we end up getting sick is because we can't, we don't have the strength inside of us to keep going. Interesting. So let me ask you this, just circling back to, you know, talking uh, about the need to ask for help or to understand the value that you don't always have to bring the value. You can ask for the value to come to you. Right. And so what does that even look like? So let's say I've never once invested anything, asked outside myself, da, 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 right. What, what does it even look like? Like, how does one even start to, to ask for help and thinking here in this situation and say, you know, whether it's in the corporation, whether it's your startup business, whether it's, you know, you're an entrepreneur and you're a founder, right? Like, what, are, what does that even look like? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that it, it starts with being realistic with yourself and asking yourself, what are you spending your time with? Okay. Again, back in the 60s, women would start by making breakfast. And by the time breakfast was done, then they had to clean up breakfast and it was time to make lunch. And thinking about dinner. And if you're spending all your time doing those kinds of things, if you're spending all your time cooking and cleaning and laundry, and there's nothing wrong with that, especially if you're a homemaker, like you said, it's a, it's a full-time yeah. job. Like that is work. But if you don't have enough time to work on your business and that is your big goal, then you need to hire someone else or at least pieces of that to free up that time. Now be careful because once you freed up that time, it's very easy to pick up the phone, turn on Netflix, you know, all the distraction things. Right. But if you sit and and figure out how many hours a day you're doing those kinds of tasks, which you're really not interested in, if you're a business owner, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a founder startup kind of person, you need to ask for help for those things. And those help, those asking for help can look like asking your neighbor to help with carpool. It can uh, look like just getting a meal program I had to do during COVID, you know, sent to your house. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It can. Yeah, exactly. Um, there are some fantastic programs now where you order whatever kind of food that you want and they just send it to your door. You put it in your freezer, you put it in your fridge a month at a time, a week at a time. Like you can mix up the things. There's no reason for that to be a problem anymore. Laundry cleaning. Yeah. I don't do laundry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and why don't you do laundry? It just takes too much time. Time value money. Right. right. Exactly. 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 And also, and also like, like I'm not against people doing certain things. Like, you know, like my dad loves to mow the lawn. He's got a riding mower and it's, it's his like Zen moment. Do it. Do it. Right. Yeah. But like you're saying, map it out, like understand what do you do? How much time you spend towards uh-huh. it? 
and figure it out from there. Like, what's the value you're getting out of it? Right, exactly. You know, some people, you know, like, you know me, I I was like, because I'm a single parent, I will drop my daughter off and pick her up and no one else is doing it unless there's an emergency. Like when I had cancer and there was an emergency, that was an emergency for me. Right. Because there were certain standards that I wanted to meet, seeing as she doesn't have another parent in her life. So there were certain things that I was going to be there, but you make the time for him. Now, you know, I just want to circle back to something that you're talking about. And we're talking about this is, you know, obviously we had a huge decline in women in the executive field during COVID uh, yes. because of this very thing. Yes. So most of the younger executives who are in their thirties, who are having younger children, you know, they went from their kids either going to daycare. So it was a drop-off point, a pickup point, whether they did that or somebody else did that to not, not being able to get that version of help because, you know, we didn't have the vaccine. So grandma couldn't come over. We didn't have, you know, you didn't want people in your house because where the heck are they coming from and what are they, right? What, right. what could they be bringing? Everybody was like, right. you know, so, right. so in those situations, when someone's kind of taking a mental trip and like freaking out, what would you say to them to do? And how does that version of asking for help work? Okay. So, so just step back for a minute and look at what happened there. Okay. What happened was they did ask for help. Mm -hmm. Okay. And now that help is no longer, it's no longer there. Yet somehow, yet somehow we're online, we're supposed to be working online. Right. And the, the statistics say that people were working at 10 to 20% more at home than they were in the office. Yep. Okay. So now not only yep. do you have to take care of children who are wanting to eat and be fed and washed and go to the bathroom and, you know, all these things, but you're supposed to work 20% more on top of it so that you can keep up with what all your colleagues are doing. And, and so the, you're right. There has been a big right. problem. In fact, mental health has declined significantly during COVID. And we see that in, um, you know, alcoholism and drug abuse and the number of, uh, yes, yeah, suicide rates and then, and the number of, uh, anti-anxiety and antidepressants right. that have been, that have been prescribed. So, so the question is, okay, so, so that's it. So, First of all, realize you're not crazy. There's not something wrong with you. You already had a completely full cup right. and now you're expected right. to do another four ounces on top of that. Like it's just, it's, it's unrealistic. So, so the first thing is lower your expectations. Right. Lower your expectations. Do you really have to be online all those, all those hours? Do you really have to be at 10, 11 o'clock at night on your phone answering emails when it could be done in the morning? Were you doing that before when you were going into the office every day? Like bring your schedule back to what you were doing before COVID started. Okay, that's going to take a big stress off of you. Then at that point, you've got to block out your time. Block out your time and ask for help somehow during those hours that you know you have to be physically present in front of a screen or on a, on a computer or on the phone with someone. So if, I don't, I don't even know how mothers with multiple children and no other help. Yeah, I was gonna say, that's nice. You can block out all the time you want, but if little Joey or little Kimmy has to go to the bathroom and they come running in and go pee on your lap in the middle of your meeting, right. it is what it is. So that's why I like the, the lower the expectation. Yes. Yeah, well, that, and that's, that's <laughs> always first. 
and 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 that goes with your house too you know it doesn't have to be as clean and organized you know you don't have the the kids can wear the same clothes a couple days in a row like no one's gonna die you know well I'm sure they have more than enough to figure that out exactly (laughs) (laughs) but what I'm saying is like they you know you don't have to keep the same standards because right. you're, right. you're you're expecting too much from yourself. Now, if you're a single mother and you've got children at home, young children that can't occupy their their time by themselves, you know, th- there's got to be some kind of outside help to ask for. And if not, maybe that's time to start talking to your employer about or your whoever it is that you're working with about, okay, I'm only online physically one to one like this during these times and that's nap time. You know, be able to figure out a way that you can that you can take that mental load. We've got to take the mental load off of ourselves. Do you understand what I'm saying by that? Yeah, and like, actually, what I'm, what I'm going to tell you this is this is the number one reason I think that women are going to dominate small businesses in the next few years, thanks to COVID. I think that thanks to COVID, a lot of people who step back and realize that their life actually isn't working out. They thought it was, but I don't think that they realized it kind of wasn't. It was like a little bit of patchwork and it was satisfactory, right? It wasn't enlightening. It wasn't like amazing. It was like, yeah, exactly. Maybe if that, right. They were doing their thing. But I'm saying for those who who felt like, oh no, I have this all together. This is great. This is perfect. Uh One minor hiccup in their schedule and it's all thrown off. Yep. So it's not that, it's not that awesome. Like in my opinion, in my opinion, right. it's like, Oh, you could throw rocks at me and I'll be like, Oh shit rocks. All right. What do we do about that? Yeah. Right. Like yeah. different, different, you know, different kind of maneuvering there. But I think there's a lot of things that happened in this past year that I'm uh, not about the illness side of things, but man, I am so happy about so many things. Like even in my financial services business, there's no more need to go fly around the world, meet one-on-one with people into their homes, right? There's uh, an expectation, even within the coaching field, where people are now, executives are now willing to, you know, meet via Zoom, even if they are in their wardrobe closet on the Zoom call with me, they're there, right? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And then I love it what it did for law firms, because man, every law firm had to get everybody out. They have this massive overhead expense of these buildings. And they realized that they can, and sorry for all my HR followers or anything, but they realized there was a lot of things that they didn't actually need. So it was, it forced a lot of companies uh-huh. to go slim, granted some, yeah. someone out, but, but for the most part, I think it was an awakening from both the aspect of work-life balance and how you're really treating people and what are people really doing? And then out of a business aspect of right. what the hell are we really spending money on? What's really necessary and what are our capabilities, Right. you know? And I'm not speaking to the fact that these poor right. young lawyers are getting out of law school. They were hoping to work next to this high powered partner and learn the skills. And now they're like home doing research and writing and they're not really getting that thing. Um, but that will right. come back. Right. I mean, you know, not that what will they come want back eventually in some form or another. Right. And one of the things I never understood is like they didn't. And I, I guess right, I can understand right. this because you don't want to beam into someone's home. But like you were saying, like specific hours that they're online. Well, my legal recruiters had that since 2012. We would do an online phone bank, but we're literally just, and it wasn't Zoom at the time. It was some, a company called Ring Central. I had a Ring Central platform and we would just be online making calls at home, but with each other mm-hmm. because that was the only way I could understand to connect so that these callers could learn each other's little tricks that they were doing like on the phone, you know? Because I mean, that's how I learned is because I sat 
sat with people that were better than me. So when you're on your own, uh-huh. you know, there's uh-huh. only so much research uh-huh. you could do and trying that you could do. Right. But sometimes when you hear it, it just kind of comes in. So that's, you know, I don't know why people haven't really picked up on let's have an o- open hour. It's only an hour. Like if you're there, be online, hear each other. Like, I don't know. But, right. Right. Yeah. But like you were saying before, I think that we're going to find that there are a lot more women who enter into the entrepreneurial space and do some startup things because they see that, that this system is not working for them. Yeah. You know, one thing goes down and everything falls apart. It's a domino effect because everything's propped up against everything else. But I hope this is a catalyst for us to look at ourselves differently, dude. You know, listen, first of all, I don't care, mom or dad, you want your kids to do the best. You want them to be mentally and emotionally healthy. And it takes both of both of you or, Mm -hmm. you know, in my case, you know, the village. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And who knows how that ends up. But that also doesn't mean you can't go out and do things. I mean, I was a lawyer. I was, you know, operating businesses. Like I, you know, you can, you can do it again. I think it comes back to mindset and ability to to just have no rules, man, throw out all the rules, rebuild it how you want, and then take it from there. Yeah, absolutely. My, My kids are grown now, but when they were younger, it was important for me that I didn't, I didn't want somebody else to raise my kids. Right. I also couldn't stand the idea of being a homemaker. And when my first child was nine months old, I was a single parent. So that wasn't going to happen anyway. (laughs) And and the way around that was to start my own business. Mm. And I worked it around her and I worked around her schedule because I was my own boss. There was no one, you know, I set up times for calls and things like that, but I set those times around her schedule and my schedule. And then I did a lot of work at night. Yeah. She went to bed. I got my big bottle of water and I sat down there and I got on the phone, got on the computer, did whatever I needed to do. And I got a good six to eight hours in at night. Yeah. Well, that's actually, wait, I want to like, let me stop you there. This is, this is one of the things that I can't stand, you know, yes, I have gotten my work day down to this apparently infamous four hour day. Apparently Tim Ferriss wrote something about that. I had no idea, but I got it down to that and even less right? Well, still be, but it didn't start there, number one, but also I'm doing three different things right now, right? The chateau building, the financial services thing, and uh, a medium publication that we're, we're trying to get together, right? And so the thing I want people to stop freaking faking themselves out about is like, you're going to walk out the gate and work for an hour a day. No. No, you got entrepreneurship, right? But not only entrepreneurship is about working all the time. It's just the fact that it's your time. So you want to go to the golf course in the daytime and then maybe work a few hours a night. Do it. I think that's the hardest part. Cause I remember the first time I had like a, like two hours at like this lunch hour and Uh I I had uh nothing scheduled in, right. I wasn't busy Uh and I really wanted to read a book. I actually had to call my coach at that moment like, I really want to read this book, but I feel like there's, and I actually called check in to make sure there wasn't something I was supposed to be doing that I forgot about. Right. But the right. coach was like, would Isn't this that- be lazy? Would this be selfish? It wasn't that. It's like, I felt like maybe actually, thank you. Yes, it was that. It was exactly that. Cause it was kind of like, well, I want to read this book, but I'm sure there was something more productive I could do. And maybe I was missing it. So I actually called my coach to be like, what am I missing before I, before I waste my time and read this book? Right. Right. And it happened to be a business book too. So it wasn't even like a waste of, of time. Course. Right. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And so, and so the coach really was like, uh, duh, dumbass. Like, isn't that what you were working towards? 
like, uh-huh. like high, like, you know, uh, yeah, like, yeah. Having that time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In fact, I think that if you're working from, from dawn until dusk and you're not peeling yourself away from the computer, then there's something wrong. Yeah. Then you're not building you know? a good balanced, healthy. You're, no. And, and, and I do not believe in work-life balance. I don't believe that that's even possible, especially if you're a single mother, like, there, it just, it just doesn't happen. What you have to do is decide what your priorities are. Yeah. Put the first things first, as Stephen Covey always said, <laughs> and then figure out what's important after that. That's interesting. There's always time for the things that are important, just like there's always money for the things that are important and going back to women and wanting, you know, and, and not feeling like they can invest themselves. You know, what are, what are the biggest uh, things that you hear? I can't afford it. Okay. And I don't have time. Yeah. Time. You know, those are, those are usually the two, two biggest big ones. Things. Yep. And those are the things you have all the control over. Yeah. You have all the control over it. If you want something, I mean, look at somebody who, um, you know, not so many people smoke anymore, but if you're a smoker, like you look at people who are in welfare, they will find cigarettes. They will get money for cigarettes, no matter what. Truth. You know, they will, they will not pay their rent. They will, whatever it takes, because that is a priority. Right. right. And that's what your success, like what your long-term goal is. That's what your success needs to be like. Like, I'm going to do that no matter what. It just doesn't matter. I'm doing it no matter what. Well, and this goes back to, actually, this goes back to also, and and not particularly, like you earlier had said to, you know, lower your expectations. I don't know that you have to lower them. I think you have to change them. Right. And I think that that's true for, for even in this, right. Like if, when you change the expectation, the things you do to meet that expectation will change. You said you don't believe in work-life balance and I'll challenge that in that I would first ask, well, how are you defining that? And why does it look that way? Because I grew up with a, a single mom, uh, you know, a, a, my dad was in the picture. So, so I, my dad, my dad, his dating life, his work, my mom's work, you know, all there's all the stuff going on. And then I was an athlete. There's all stuff going on. And so I think my version of work-life balance is a little bit different than maybe right. somebody who grew up like even my girlfriend, she's married. She has two kids. Our kids are like the same age, 30 days apart. Their ideas of work-life balance may or may not be completely different, right? Right, Because there's always a parental figure, always there to drive them, always there to pick them up, always home to let them in the door. You know what I mean? So it it might look, and and they're old school. So they, unlike myself, (laughs) they cook dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Although COVID, I learned how to cook. In fact, my daughter, the other side, she's like, oh my God, you're actually a really good cook. I was like, Thanks to COVID. You know, those like shop at home things, those food prep things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, you I have all this time. It was before I added three more companies on. I was like, oh, I have all this time. We're going to order this like home chef thing or whatever the heck I was yeah. doing. And I was like, yeah. yeah. And now some of that like drilled in because the other day I made something, just random faked it. And my daughter's like, this is actually really good. And I'm just like, Hmm. Okay. I learned something. A little bit late. Something. You know, you're, you're, not, you're now a teenager, a little bit late, but better late than never. <laughs> well, the, the average American, the average American gets up in the morning, drives to work. This is before COVID right. gets up in the morning, drives to work, spends about nine to 10 hours, drives home and then sits in front of the TV for an average of five hours. No, 
Yeah. Like how long? Like a week? You mean like five hours a week? No. A day. How a is day. that even? How do you work so, ten hours and you watch TV five hours? Like, well, you don't. You don't. You are not in that demographic. But I'm talking about people who go to a job every day, like a nine to five, like a nine to five job. That's um. Shit, that's people. what they do. That's what they do. And that's why, you know, all of these streaming services have become so big. How do you think people just binge watch all these things every day? I know I families. That they get to... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you're, you're doing that my next once one a week, tonight. <laughs> if you're doing that once a week, because that's your downtime and it's a fun thing and you're spending time like with you, you spend time with your daughter and this right. is quality time together. That's fantastic. This is intentional. It's, right, right, it's right, an right. intentional thing right. that you're doing. What people generally in America do is we check out. Well, Go you and home. I had had this conversation because not too long ago I needed to. And the only way I could figure out how to check out because I just didn't want to deal and I couldn't even figure out, remember, I couldn't even figure out, like, what am I even dealing with? Like, I'm not even dealing with anything. I just, and I was like, oh, call the liquor delivery service. I will drink a bottle of champagne while watching TV with my kid. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> right, right. Because you know? it's just a habit. Yeah. It's just a habit. Yeah. yeah. I, I know families that every night there's their shows that, you know, they have dinner and a lot of times dinner's in front of the TV and then they just watch their shows all night. And if that's the kind of life you want, then that is fantastic. Right. But I think probably your listeners are not those people. So well, if you, if, wait, wait, if, if that's the life you're living and you're complaining about something, you got it wrong. You got it wrong. And I don't mean yep. you're wrong. I mean, you have the wrong habits to get to the happy end result. Absolutely. Because you can't be watched. Yeah, okay. This is actually funny. I had a client who told me about how he had to watch football during football season, right? It's a definite must do. And then he would complain that he didn't have time. So we added up the amount of hours of football watching. <laughs> and I said, it's funny. Yeah. And I didn't tell him exactly what I was doing. I just asked him, you know, I was like, oh, well, you know, how long does yeah. the game last? And oh, there's a game every night. And oh, 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 oh and there's college apparently. And then apparently, yeah. I, apparently if you're really into it, you still watch high school kids. I didn't know. The so, local high school team. Yeah. 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 Even if you're, you know, 50 years old. Um, yeah. like, I had no idea, man. I had no idea. So, so, so we, I added all that time and I kind of sent it back and I was like, well, Hey man, if you had like, you know, six extra hours a week, what do you think you could do with that? Oh my God, if I had six hours, like this would be blowing up. And I'm just like, but you do. It's a choice. And I'm not saying don't take away your mental break for something, but we're in the age of DVR. We were also yeah. in the time of COVID. You're not getting on, you know, at 12 noon with your friends to talk about last night's game. Nobody, nobody's doing that. Like, you know what I mean? I didn't uh -huh, say that uh -huh. because I asked them these questions before saying anything, right? Like, yeah. what does this look like? How does this run down? Like, what do we do here? What is this? What is, what is your day? Oh, do you, do you talk about it? Like, is there a reason it has to be on time? Like, I literally asked like series of questions to figure this out. And then I was like, well, you're full of shit. You have six hours. And that's not including that all that Sunday football that he checks out the entire day. Right. And right. I'm like, well, why not check out the entire day? Because if you didn't check out mini checkouts all week, you can check out on Sunday. Right. You know what I mean? It was like, right. Yeah. Right. Right. And so for women, it might look like shopping for useless things on Amazon or checking the Pinterest boards or looking at everyone on Instagram. Yeah. Or, or if your business is not around Instagram, you know, are you, what kind of, what, what are you doing setting up all those Instagram photos? For? Right. Be strategic. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think if, if everyone sat down and really charted on a 15 minute basis, what they do in a 24 hour time period, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. And here's another thing that I found. If my life is running well, like if things are going the way it should be, I don't really need as much sleep and I naturally wake up a lot earlier. Oh yeah. 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 Well, that, I, I feel like that's when you're driven by inspiration versus like when you have that inspired step, like, and you and I actually, guys, don't forget, this is my coach. So, you know, you and I had talked about that, which brought back the whole Chateau thing. I was like, Oh, right. Like I'm, I'm yeah, like, that's your dream. You, you I'm a third of the way that, through that. So. I'm like now looking in, and qualifying investors. Right. And I have mm-hmm. uh, real estate agents in Fortress looking at properties for me. I mean, like, and that happened in what, like a month, month and a yeah. half, something like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when you take the inspired step, it's a lot different, but the second you kind of, I feel like, and I say this from experience with all of my clients, you know, having worked with over like a thousand people is that once that thing clicks, all of a sudden, it's almost like you hit the easy button because the energy changes. But I mean, like your actual physical energy, like, like you were saying, yes. like all of a sudden you can wake up on time and it doesn't feel like sluggish and early. All of a sudden you can stay up that extra minute and do the thing or, or it's like right. all of a sudden... Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm, when you know you're on point. It's like when you're, and it has nothing to do with whether or not you run every day or, or you're physically, no. it's literally like an internal magic button. Like, yeah. It's an internal thing. And many times I'll wake up early. I mean, really early. Like I normally wake up on a normal day. I will wake up by myself between five and yep. five 30 yeah. without an alarm. Okay. But if I wake up at three 30 or I wake up at four o'clock in the morning and I don't mean like get a, get up and go to the bathroom and then go back to bed. I mean like, Oh, I'm awake. I never, ever, ever say to myself, Oh, it's too early. Oh, so now I'm going to be tired all day. Like, why would you say that? Right. To you, just, you just created it. Why yeah. would you put that into your mind? Instead? I'm like, Oh, there's something the universe wants to tell me. There's something that if I'm not sleeping, my body doesn't need any more sleep. There's something out there that I, that I could be doing. And I usually will go and I'll get up and I'll go into the living room and I've got like my special little happy spot where I could do my meditation. And that'll be the best meditation of the week. Yeah. Because I've listened to that internal clock and I've gone into that space and I've, and it's like, oh, okay, well, here's all the other things that I was trying to figure out how to do. Boom, 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 yep. right there. Trusting. Gone, yeah. yeah. Trusting that that's how it works and that our bodies are set up to work with us. If we're doing that, if you're running on empty and you're tired and exhausted all the time, something's not right. Yeah. If you're getting some decent sleep then something's definitely not right. Right. But guys, that is all the time we have for this week. We're obviously going to be having uh, Brooke come back again because I love her. Thank you. Um, <laughs> But, you know, the one takeaway I want you guys to have this week is actually do this. Just do this. Just literally dissect what you're doing, not just in a 24-hour period. Record what you're actually doing. Yes, it could be a little bit tedious for just the one week, right? Just start on Sunday, end on Saturday. See what you actually do with your time, okay? Yes. And then you know, you can be strategic. We can go into that in another episode, Brooke, but, but I think that's a great takeaway for everybody here is to see what you already do. Right. And don't be afraid to ask for help. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Kirsten. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you. You too. Take care. So that is it for this week. Thank you for joining me. And I hope that you enjoyed today's show. If so, don't forget to rate it. If you guys have a pressing question, feel free to tweet me at CS Thrive or on Instagram at Thrive Tribe 3.14159. Again, I know that's a weird one. It's just pi. So it's three, it's Thrive underscore Tribe underscore 3.14159. Or of course, you can join me in Facebook at my free group, which is Thrive Tribe Global. If you just search groups and you enter in Thrive Tribe Global, you should see us there and you can join it for free. I answer your questions in there, but if you guys send me a question through there, I will be sure to answer it here on this podcast. And as always, if you're ever interested in advertising on the show, please contact the Believe Network at Believe, B-L-E-A-V, at believe.com. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.